years, your brain might turn to putty. But there's still a chance to learn. We'll be your study buddies. We're going to talk about some stuff and make research cool. Hello and welcome back to Study Buddies, the podcast that brings you the latest in science and psychology. I am Taylor Collins and I am here today with study author Ian and he, Ian McCarthy was wonderfully able to meet with us from across the ocean and to talk a little bit today about the study that he helped author, which is called This Place is Full of It, Towards an Organizational bullshit perception scale. So Ian, would you tell us a little bit about yourself and about your work? Thank you, Taylor. Thanks for inviting me on to this. Uh, I'm uh, a professor, a professor at uh, Simon Fraser University in Vancouver, Canada, and the Van Dusen Professor of Innovation and Operations. I also have a position at a research center in Rome, uh, at the University of Lewis, where I work within the Center for Leadership and Innovation and Organization. Mm. Historically, I'm an engineer, and I was a professor of engineering at one point, and so that's part of the background for um, my sort of foray into this area of research, and I'm quite eclectic. I do research in innovation, bullshit, social media, fake news, and operations. Quite a quite a relevant area of study right now. It sounds like it is. It is, and uh, it's taken off in a big way because of how we consume, how easy it is to produce information, how easy it is to consume information, and uh, and we can do it easily if we don't actually care too much about what truth is, and we can be loose of it. It's actually easier to not care about truth. Yeah, I, I think that that makes sense. And, and some of the, the study points is study, some of the study points highlighted exactly on that. Um, I'm wondering if we can kind of jump into some of the questions. What was your favorite or, or most exciting takeaways that you guys had got from this, this bullshit perception scale study? So we really, it was a a pioneering study it's the first scale of its type so it needs to be validated and tested and i think it's been partly the reaction it's it's garnered from people around the world we've had lots of interest from individuals but also from very large serious seriously large organizations who want to apply this to sort of help us further validate it but also to sort of validate it and see how it correlates to hunches they have about their organizations, hunches about which functional areas within the business are more flowing in bullshit than others. Um, you know, is, is marketing more flowing than accounting? Yeah. Is accounting got less than uh, engineering? Is engineering more than public relations? Um how it flows in different parts of the world. You know, if you're a large global organization and to what extent culturally, um, you know, uh, there are different levels of it. And then also equating it to sort of like things like levels of disengagement and unhappiness and morale levels within organization, as well as also linking it to, um, you know, when might bullshit be actually a positive thing because it helps you deal with uncertainty and deal with, you know, ambiguity and so different organizations. So 
the the sort of take up of it and the promotion of it and the conversation since have probably been the most interesting. Yeah, so it's really opening a dialogue to kind of dissect some of these different aspects of of how bullshit can impact our 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 work and our our life as a whole. Yeah, because you know the the sort of fundamental sort of assumption would be that you know it, it hurts trust. You know, it hurts trust mm-hmm. and credibility. And if it hurts trust and it hurts credibility, what does that do to performance? What does that do to morale? What does that do to decision making? Employee turnover. Yeah, employee turnover and decision making. You know, people go along with decisions because they're framed nicely. Someone important did it. There's not a lot of psychological safety in the organization. You feel afraid to speak out and say, can you prove that? And you just go along with it. And you make decisions right. that shouldn't really happen. And you and you would hope in science and places like drug approval and drug development that, you know, that there is the sort of psychological safety and the culture of calling for evidence and questioning assumptions. And you would expect that maybe in marketing and PR that it's less likely to happen. And that may be mm-hmm. okay in some instances, but in other instances, it's not. Mm-hmm. And this will this will take us a step forward to really understanding if if that is happening more or less in some places than others. So, yeah. um, thinking about you know yourself and how you've worked or dealt with organizational bullshit, how do you feel like this study or this scale would influence your life on a day to day level? There's at least two ways it's done that. One, I feel much more liberated when teaching when having conversations like this with you, to use the expression, I don't know. <laughs> I feel much, mm, it's much more liberating huge. to say that, you know, uh, I don't know. But, and, and then to follow up with, but I have hunches or suspicions, you know, that this might be an explanation for this, or this might be the actual reason for this. Uh, but I really don't have uh, a solid idea in terms so. And in somewhere I'm in class or in conversations, you know, business conversations at work or even this sort of conversation, I've, it's much more liberating to say, I don't know. And then secondly, I also uh, react differently to when I'm being exposed to bullshit. And so and it's important to recognize that bullshit is different from lying. So I used to think I didn't know that there was a distinction before I started this work. Mm. And, and I used to think sometimes, you know, why is that person lying to me? And it would, you know, it would upset me and it would, you know, and I would feel badly towards this person in terms of why they were doing this. And then sometimes I realized, well, they're not lying because someone directed me to uh, Harry Frankfurt's work. Harry Frankfurt is a, 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 a philosopher at Princeton University, and he wrote mm-hmm. the sort of the original book, which distinguishes bullshit between uh lying and he says and basically bullshitting is when you're just improvising and you and you don't have the the cognition or the bravery or to say you don't know you feel compelled to give an answer and you make stuff up Mm. and so and so it made me feel different that so people are not necessarily sneakily in a machiavellian way lying to me sometimes they're just trying to do their best and they and they and they're coming up with answers right and they're, and they're spouting these answers as if they are, you know, evidence-based solutions to the problem that we're dealing with, when, when really they're not. And so, yeah. and it was, and I should feel differently towards this. I should be helping people like this. But there are instances where people are bullshitting in Machiavellian, sneaky, 
uh, you know, avoiding ways, you know, and, and, and it's understanding that. So it, it's helped me to recalibrate my reactions, uh, understanding and reactions to different conversations that would take place. Yeah. So it sounds like there's there's different types of bullshit and one of them seems to be like a, a call for information. So if, if you're expected to know something, there's this maybe ego defensive response to uh, make it up or sort of talk about it because you feel like you should know or you should have an answer. And so then people are putting it in, which is a diff- different from actively lying and different from intense, intentionally sort of bullshitting. It's like there's levels. Yeah, I mean, so if I wanted, if, if I had an agenda and I wanted, my agenda was to somehow say something about you which involves saying it wasn't true. If I was to say that you uh, were a Boston Red Sox fan mm-hmm. and, I, and, I, and I was saying that in a way because I wanted to, um, you know, portray you in a certain light which could be damaging or supportive in whatever my agenda was, and I just went around saying that in, in in whatever conversation. I have no idea whether you're a Boston Red Sox fan, but you could be. You know, you could be, and uh, and I could be right. And I I just made it up because the audience I was talking to happened to be Red Sox fans or people who hate Red Sox fans, and and I was using that. Whereas I do know a little bit about your profession, you know, in terms of so you know, and so if I was to say, oh, um, that you're a brain surgeon you know then then i would be lying because i would i have some evidence that you're not a brain surgeon and i know what your profession is and so and so and so that's the difference between truth and truth telling lying and bullshitting it's the extent to which you know the truth bullshitters can be actually right sometimes when they make mm. stuff up um and which is so, not um, like the motivation and, they need <laughs> <laughs> no no it's not um and when you look at bullshitting you know um, if you talk to many of my university friends who I went to university with and childhood school friends, they would say, oh, Ian, you know, Ian is a bullshitter. And, and I, and, but that was in a social context. It was always, you know, when we're, when we're teasing and we're trolling and we're joking and it's, it's part of hu- the fabric of humor of life. And, you know, and, and often it's, it's very, very harmless. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people get upset by it, but often it's harmless. So at work, when you're asked to give opinions on whether we should enter this market, whether we should make this decision, whether we should do something, then I'm fairly straight in that regard. My engineering mindset comes out. You know, I'm fairly straight. I'm fairly candid. I believe in sort of root cause analysis where, you know, root cause analysis is trying to understand the crux of problems. It's about transparency. Mm -hmm. It's about shining light on things. And when you have that light, you know, you can... You can really clearly sort of reveal what's wrong. But when you pretend there's nothing wrong, either in a deluded way or a Machiavellian way, and you don't shed that light, it becomes quite damaging in, in, in a workplace context. And so when you look at types of bullshit, there's what social, you know, um, pub-like bullshit. There is uh, bullshit where you're... Uh, trying to avoid getting into mm-hmm. trouble because you don't want to admit you don't know anything or you you go to a meeting and you say you know you're not it's not safe to say i don't know because that's not regarded yeah. 
or there's bullshit where you want to try and persuade. You want to try and change people's minds. So you just make stuff up about something or somebody and you have complete freedom to do it because you 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 can use whatever information you want. And and so and Frankfurt, you know, in his book originally, his little in his tiny little book, um, he sort of he claims and people were trying to test this that bullshit is more damaging than lying because it's easier to do, you have more freedom to do it, whereas lying, to some extent, you have to be anchored in a negative stance towards the truth. You have to know the truth, whereas bullshit you don't. You can just make mm. stuff up. Yeah, I think it's a it's a fascinating difference between the two, and it really, I think it calls for us to be able to give that permission to not know, and it sounds like when we don't have that, that's what leads to this sort of bullshit realm that we go into yeah and even though i'm more careful than i normally am and and i'm in a profession which where we have to be careful in terms of how we stay it's hard not to just make statements you know which you can't speak like a robot all the time where you're, you're always mm-hmm. having caveats you know we say things you know we say oh yeah yeah innovation is happening faster than it's ever done well prove it how, prove that innovation's been happening oh there's more bullshit flowing than there ever was well where's the evidence to say that there's more bullshit flowing than there ever was so we make all of these statements um and and, mm. and that's part of life but uh there are certain business contexts certain situations where they should almost be like you know um there has to be a zero tolerance to bullshit around you know and you have to be very very careful yeah and I, I think that that kind of leads us into the last question, this where are the areas where there should be a zero tolerance? Where are the areas in which we really want to crack down on the bullshit for whether it's public health reasons or uh, the lo- longevity of an organization or the livelihood of people? So the last question we have for you is how do these findings affect or connect to the bigger picture and the world at large? Great question in terms of, you know, science and health you would hope that there's a lot less bullshit flying around and and again a hypothesis would be that if you were to try and test that and measure that by looking at conversations flowing and looking at incidences you would see that people are more careful people are more likely to say i don't know people are more likely to frame things in a way um but in the world of politics the world of marketing you know the world of public relations Mm -hmm. there is too much of it in terms of going forward um, what role does social media provide in terms of uh, you know, allowing people a voice in those domains? You know, social media. When you say, "What is social media?" Where it's it's you know it's it's largely a a a, a marketing tool. It's like you know it's, it's a way of you know grabbing eyeballs and grabbing clicks. And so you know, um, and it does that by allowing the conversations that would typically happen you know, over a barbecue or in a pub to be sort of broadcast quite significantly and shared. Um, and so understanding that and, and understanding to what extent we need to maybe calibrate and control, you know, the platforms. So, that, you know, social media argues it's not a publishing entity. It's not in the business of publishing. It shouldn't be governed by broad. It's not a broadcaster. But yet right. it, but yet it is in many ways. It's, you know, it, right. it allows us to broadcast. And so... When you're looking at misinformation and disinformation, which are related to the concept of bullshit, you know, um, government, we know that governments are struggling with this. And we know that the the large platforms such as Facebook and Twitter, they are also struggling with it because because it has 
it has it, it's not that it necessarily changes people so there's some some research says that it's you know if you already have biases political biases you know or any other biases it's not that they are changing your biases it's just amplifying and it's giving a coordinated voice it's sort of almost like intensifying what's out there and, and uniting people in terms of doing things so so the early studies and, that, yeah. and they are only early studies when they look at this it's not saying that they, they necessarily shift your your biases and political suasions you already have those but it certainly amplifies and escalates the impact out there yeah and so it, it does sound like there needs to be on some level someone needs to step up to the plate with the accountability and the integrity because i think maybe and maybe i'm bullshitting as i'm saying this but maybe prior when we had more classic i guess not classic but the older ways of disseminating information whether it was a a newspaper or a tv station they sort of had their own internalized integrity and fact checkers who we're responsible for the quality of that information, but it's but nowadays when it comes to these the social media companies or, or other ways that we're getting our news now, there doesn't seem to be that that route, and so it just leads more more room for this. Yeah, and so in the same way as that you would consume certain media because you believe it has that integrity, I think we're going to come to a point that you know you'll live in certain countries or even certain states or provinces in countries because. They, they have a low level of bullshit, you know, and, 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 and it is possible to sort of understand that. Like there's one study which looked at bullshit in English speaking school children and it gave them a sort of math, math, an unsolvable mathematical problem. And and if you were not a bullshitter, you would say, I can't solve this or it cannot be solved. And if you were a bullshitter, you would come up with all of these solutions and claim that these solutions were correct and unfortunately unfortunately Canada scored highest in this you know the US came second Canada came higher. yeah wow. um, <laughs> talk about those cultural uh, differences Ireland Scotland scored lowest so this was English-speaking uh, countries teenage boys scored higher than teenage girls teenage boys from privileged backgrounds scored higher as well in terms of doing things and so that's quite interesting Wow. That's and you think about who is more or less likely to do that and you think about how that that means they operate in the world and how they go through life. It's it's pretty indicative of of what the yeah. issue is here. So, I I just want to thank you so much for for taking the time to meet with us today. We really enjoyed your perspective on this. Uh and I, you know, let us know if there's any other exciting research coming up. We'll be we'll definitely be on the lookout. Thanks, Taylor. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Ian. You can follow Study Buddies on Instagram at Study Buddies Podcast or send us an email at studybuddiespodcast at gmail.com. Study Buddies is created and produced by Paula Sanchez Abreu and Taylor Collins. Our podcast is edited by Renee Collette. Our music was composed by singer-songwriter Caught in Between. Our graphics were designed by Monica Ray Summers Gonzalez. Our social media is run by Kieran Dio. Media photography by Sherry Lynn Photography.